Welcome to the Marisol Nichols Podcast. I'm Marisol Nichols. I'm an actor, mom, and I fight for social justice. Ride along as I talk about going undercover to take down child predators. Think it's not happening in your neighborhood? You might want to think again. Some of the topics in this episode are graphic in nature and may be disturbing to some listeners, especially children. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Marisol Nichols podcast. And I am so excited about our guest today. Now, true warriors come in all shapes and sizes, but there's one thing they all have in common. They refuse to give up, even when they may feel that the entire world is against them. Lila Micklewaite is one such warrior, and she's here today to share her incredible story of empowerment and fighting back. She is the founder and CEO of the Justice Defense Fund, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering survivors of sex trafficking and those that have been exploited online. She's also the founder of the movement, hashtag Trafficking Hub, which we're going to get into in a moment. She received her Master of Public Diplomacy degree in conjunction with the U.S. State Department. What Lila has done to protect women and children is nothing short of amazing. Her work has resulted in the removal of more than 10 million videos hosted on Pornhub's website. That's including rape and underage sex which led to numerous, numerous executive resignations. She has created a firestorm of negative press on Pornhub around MasterCard and Visa for processing payments and their related websites. Now in this episode, we're gonna explore in detail Lila's fight to protect the vulnerable and holding those responsible accountable. She's also gonna share with us what it's like to take on these massive corporations. So let's get into it. Lila, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor <laughs> to be here. And wow, what an introduction. I'm uh, just, uh, yeah, just so moved um, by your work as well and appreciate what you're doing to raise awareness about sex trafficking, child sexual exploitation. And so I'm just happy to be here and to get to connect with all your followers as well. Thank you. No, seriously, thank you for coming on. I've been following what you're doing. I'm blown away. You really are sort of this testament that one person can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Truly. Because that's that's one thing that I hear all the time. It's like, well, what can I do? It's like, it just takes one person with a really big mouth to make a difference. <laughs> and, you know, and you are like such a beautiful example of that. So again, mm -hmm. thank you for coming on. I want to I wanna sort of jump into it. Um, sort of like from the beginning to present time, if that makes sense. So sure. the first thing I'm going to ask is, can you sort of tell us the origin of the Justice Defense Fund and the Trafficking Hub movement? So what, what sort Absolutely. of got you started down this whole rabbit hole? Yeah, well, I've been combating the issue of sex trafficking now for about 15 years. And um, I, you know, started out focusing, um, like many of us, before kind of we understood that exploitation was happening online, focused on offline exploitation. And what I yep. started to notice was that um, we were seeing the same victims that were being exploited, you know, on the streets of, uh, you know, Thailand or in a brothel somewhere, uh, also being exploited online. So their, their rape, their abuse, their trafficking was being filmed. And then it was being uploaded online and monetized online uh, where it will live on forever. And so I started to investigate the intersection between sex trafficking 
and the porn industry actually, and actually what I call the, the big porn industry, because there is a big porn industry, just like there's big pharma, there's big tobacco. There's actually a big porn industry and it's dominated by one company that owns most of all of internet pornography, including the most popular porn sites in the world. It's flagship site is called Pornhub and Pornhub. I'm sure most of your followers, if not all of them have heard of Pornhub. It is the most popular porn site in the world. It was the 10th most trafficked uh, website across the entire internet. It had more monthly visits than Netflix, Amazon, Yahoo. It was also named the third most influential tech company on global society, just behind Facebook and Google. So, uh, how big was Pornhub? (laughs) And this is, you know, how big was Pornhub because they're not as big now, as you mentioned before, but when, when this all started, you know, they had 47 billion visits to that site every year. So that's 130 million visits to the site every single day. As far as ad impressions go, because this is free porn that you're talking about. So how does free porn make money? They make money from ads. So 4.6 billion ad impressions on Pornhub every day that they monetize. So these videos are heavily monetized. And as I was investigating this website or this industry, you know, you'd actually have to try hard not to end up on Pornhub. So if you were investigating mm. the big porn industry, you'd have to probably go through 12 different pages to get onto a different website other than Pornhub. And as I was looking on this website, I was noticing that I was seeing videos of girls that appeared to be underage, tweens, teens that had pigtails and braces, and they were wearing clothes. Their bodies were underdeveloped. They spoke like children. And um, I also noticed women, adults who actually appeared to be in distress. So they were crying, often protesting. These are homemade videos. So this is the YouTube of porn. So anybody with an iPhone in you know, anywhere in a hotel, in a park, anywhere can upload, uh, film a sex act and upload it to the site. So there's a homemade videos. And I just began to question this idea that these are legitimate legal videos. And one night I actually decided to test the upload system for myself. So I actually was woken up in the middle of the night by my new newborn baby. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about, I was actually thinking about this uh, story that it would, had recently been in the news, and this was very early 2020, of a 15-year-old girl from Florida who was missing for an entire year. And she was found in 58 videos being raped on Pornhub. And a user on Pornhub actually uh, tipped off her mother and said, I recognize your daughter and she's on Pornhub. They were actually able to match her trafficker's face from those videos on Pornhub to surveillance footage from a 7-Eleven. They were able to locate that girl. And so I was thinking about that story and I said, how is this happening? There was also yeah. a, a a story in the Sunday Times, an investigation by the London, London Sunday Times, and they found children as young as three on Pornhub. And they had reported this. And I was thinking, how did that happen? So I tested the upload right. system for myself. And that's kind of how the origin of, of all this happened is I, I actually filmed some test content in my room, just the rug and the, the laptop and um, in under 10 minutes. 
I was able to upload content to Pornhub with only an email address. That's it. No ID to prove that whoever's in the video is not underage, a child, no consent form to uh, show that this is not a rape or trafficking victim. And immediately I connected the dots and I've discovered that this site is actually infested with real sexual crime scenes. That Pornhub was not actually a porn site. It was a crime scene. And then I started to sound the alarm. So that's the kind of genesis of how Trafficking Hub started. I started using the hashtag Trafficking Hub and kind of sounding the alarm about all this. I mean, it's so, it's so phenomenal that like a newborn mom or newborn baby, excuse me, a a new mom with a newborn baby is the one to sort of shine a spotlight on this. Now, you know that there's like, you know, as you mentioned, how many millions of viewers that they get every single day. There were millions of men seeing these videos, seeing actual great videos, knowing that the, because from what I understand, it's pretty obvious that the people in those videos are not 18 years old. These are kids and no one was doing anything about this. How, how could no one do something about this? So thank you for starting this entire thing. My God. So first of all, I, I, I want to commend you for where you've been to now where you've brought this movement, which is incredible. I want to mention that your, your, your organization started a petition that has now garnered 2.2 million signatures. That's correct. Right. From people across 192 countries. And I think, I think it was 600 different organizations. Tell me, okay, so first tell me what it says on that petition. Like, what are these people signing? Sure. They're signing a petition to shut down Pornhub and to hold its executives accountable for aiding trafficking. And why, you know, is the call to action so strong? I felt like that was the only call to action that would be appropriate to bring justice to the countless victims who've been exploited on this site for profit, for money. Um, you know, and, and just to explain the, the, the harm that's done. So people really understand it. You know, a lot of people feel like this is kind of at a distance. They think this is just online. It's just a video or a picture. It's just pixels on a screen, but I've talked to so many victims and what they tell me is that it's one thing to be raped. It's one thing to experience child abuse or sex trafficking. Um, but it's another thing to have that filmed and then monetized on the world's largest porn site for profit and for pleasure, knowing that, you know, up to 130 million people a day could be watching your worst moment of your life and getting pleasure out of that. And also making money from that. This company's making money and they actually had a download button on every single video so that for free, anybody could download that child's exploitation and then re-upload it again and again and again. And it's something that they could never escape. They said, this is the immortalization of my trauma. My rape and worst moments will live on even after I'm dead. And just that thought drives them to be severely suicidal, to be depressed, to not even be able to leave their house. In many cases, they're going around just in their daily life at the grocery store, wondering who just saw their rape. Um, and got pleasure from that on Pornhub. So it's so devastating. So that's why the petition, you know, I felt like we need to shut down Pornhub because when Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein were caught raping children and women, 
they weren't just allowed to get a slap on the wrist, say, I'm sorry, say, I won't do it again. And then go on with business as usual. No, they are shut down. They're put in jail. That is what justice looks like. That is how the law works. And it should be no different for a corporation who's engaged in this activity. So that's why the petition says, shut it down. It's kind of been our, kind of our theme phrase this whole time is shut it down. Fantastic. And then just because I like calling out people's names, uh, what's the name of the company again that owns all these porn sites and profits so much, please? (laughs) So it's called MindGeek. MindGeek Mm -hmm. has a monopoly on the global internet porn industry. And it's so interesting because it's executives for the last decade have been hiding in the shadows. They have not disclosed their real names. They have used fake names and fake personas when they speak out in the public. And they were completely hidden um, just until the last couple of years when they were exposed, finally named, finally put a face to these perpetrators because they're absolutely perpetrators. When you knowingly and profit from and enable and distribute a child's exploitation or trafficking victims, you are a perpetrator. And, and so they are also being named by name in multiple lawsuits on behalf of now almost 200 victims for multiple millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so yes, we're, we're naming and and shaming them. Yes. hundred (laughs) percent. Very good. Um, okay. So now for our viewers that maybe have never been on Pornhub, um, when you say profiting, right? So these videos of actual rape victims, actual sexual abuse, rape, et cetera, et cetera, are downloadable. This is where I believe your Visa and MasterCard come in, correct? Because that's how you... Please, please explain this part of the sure. whole fight so where we are today. Some people are confused by this idea that a YouTube of porn, this free porn tube site could make so much money. And the right. way that they do that, there's a few main ways that they do it. The primary way that they do that is through advertising by selling those 4.6 billion ad impressions um, mm-hmm. to advertisers who place ads. Wait, so there's commercials? Mm-hmm. So there's ad- ads. Yes. Absolutely. Even before you watch a video, say in the middle of a child's rape video, if you were to press pause because you just can't take it and you press pause, this has happened to me, then an ad will pop up right in the middle of the video that would say something like jerk off to random teens. Today, because of all that's happened and the way that they have been globally exposed, even Weed Maps and Astroglide won't advertise on the site. Um, but it was crazy because at the same time that companies like that would not do business with Pornhub, Visa and MasterCard dug in their heels. So they were actually enabling the processing of the payments for the ads that were placed on those child rape uh, videos. And that's what actually makes this an act of trafficking because a rape becomes trafficking when you monetize it, when you commercialize a sex act that is done by force, fraud, or coercion that is underage, that's when it becomes sex trafficking. And so Visa and MasterCard were giving Pornhub the tools through which to complete the crime of trafficking and exploited these children. And they kept doing that. I mean, they actually, in, in December of 2020, After there was an explosive New York Times article called The Children of Pornhub. So 
let's just go back. So early 2020, I discover this. I write an op-ed. I start a petition. It starts going viral. We do a viral video, hundreds of media articles. Victims are coming forward on a daily basis. Everything's being exposed. And then New York Times, Nick Kristoff, a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, takes notice. He does an investigation and he releases the children of Pornhub. It, it actually sent shockwaves. An employee of MindGeek and Pornhub told me it was like a hurricane had hit MindGeek right. when that article was released. Um, and within days, Visa, MasterCard, and Discover announced that they were cutting ties with Pornhub. And you know, tons of media around that. Then soon, like you mentioned, they actually deleted 80% of the entire website in 24 hours. 10 million videos disappeared right. overnight. Almost as if they um, knew. <laughs> they, Almost. They did know. They knew exactly. <laughs> Yes, they knew exactly what videos were, uh, yeah. you know, uh, all of them potentially, uh, because they were not vetted for agent consent, right. potentially illegal content. So all of that was gone. However, yeah. Visa and MasterCard actually, a few weeks after, they went back, not to the public-facing transactions on Pornhub, because on Pornhub, you could get a premium membership for $9.99 a month. You can watch these rape and trafficking videos ad-free. Um, so they wow. disabled that ability to do premium. Um, but And also, you could pay to download specific content from specific people on the site. So they disabled that, but they continued with the ads. And that is how uh, they continued to generate tremendous amounts of money from all of this ex exploitation until just actually weeks ago uh, when they finally, yeah. finally stopped. Yes. So now, okay. So now let's bring us to weeks ago because it's huge what happened. So there's this lawsuit. Why, why don't you walk us through, and I actually have the quote by the judge of why he included Visa, which I want to read, but can you, can you sort of walk us through, I believe this was a victim-based lawsuit where victims came forward and were suing Pornhub because their images are on there and have been downloaded hundreds, countless of times by strangers all over the world, thanks to Pornhub and MindGate. But let's um, w walk us through that. Yeah. So this was an incredible lawsuit because it was on behalf of 34 women. 14 of them were underage when they were raped and abused on Pornhub for profit. But the lawyers in the case did something genius. They not only sued MindGeek and Visa, I mean, sorry, MindGeek and Pornhub and the individual owners of Pornhub, Burned Bergmayer, I'll say their names, Ferris Antoon, Corey Ehrman, and David Tassillo. He also sued the financers of Pornhub, which is Colbeck Capital. Um, because mm -hmm. back in 2013, with a $362 million loan, this company rolled up the entire porn industry with 125 secret investors that include JP Morgan Chase and Cornell University. So not only did he sue that really? uh, company, but he also sued Visa. And so what happened was, uh, you know, it kind of went through many different motions as lawsuits do. It's a slow process, but the judge recently came down with a, just a powerful decision against visa, a scathing, actually a scathing rebuke in his decision yep. of them and the role yep. that they played in knowingly because they've known for a long time and they've not known just from the media. I've personally <laughs> been communicating mm. with executives at visa and mastercard about this for two years. They knew, right. but they continue to persist in the relationship with enabling that monitor 
monetization of that, those children's exploitation and trafficking victims. And that is why the judge actually kept them in the case. So they were trying to dismiss themselves from the case saying, look, we don't have a part to play here. You know, this is, you know, we're not, we should not be implicated here. But the judge said, no, uh, uh, you are absolutely part of this. In fact, he went so far as to say and suggest that if the facts of this case are true, which they are, that Visa's CEO, Al Kelly and his board could be criminally liable as co-conspirators in a trafficking venture with Pornhub. Crazy. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what mean, happened. It's huge. It's huge because you take the money away, it shuts down. I remember something similar like this happened with Backpage. There was a Backpage.com was like my that was like my warrior Indian cry was to get Backpage taken down. And for those of you that don't know that are listening to this, Backpage.com was a website just like Craigslist, and they would sell you know cars, washing machines, dryers, and kits. And um, kids would be trafficked all over all over the world, but all through the United States, and then they'd be advertised on Backpage.com. And the sheriff in Chicago, and this happened for like twenty years, they made like just billions of dollars off of it. Basically, the sheriff in Chicago um, went to the credit card companies and yes, was like, he did. stop sheriff allowing people. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And yep. stopped allowing people to, and, and mm-hmm. they pulled away and said, yeah, we'll do it for the most part. Um, so you exactly. go after the money and it's a, it's a huge deal. So what you've, the movement that you have done is like, you must feel like, if I were you, I'd be like, oh my God, I'd be dancing up and down like every day because I know how hard and how long that you've worked to bring this to the forefront, something so obviously immoral and wrong. And it's taken this long now where it's being covered on Yahoo and Google and da da da. And like it's headline news that this is happening. So, so dude, it's definitely highs and lows. I mean, yeah. there are moments when you get like a judge's decision, like the one that came down, um, against visa and you see this tsunami of media around that. And, yes. um, you know, the New Yorker did an incredible investigation even mm-hmm. a couple months ago and, and then seeing that published and then seeing the CEO and the COO resign, um, they had to fire, <laughs> you know, hundreds of, uh, you know, and so moments like that, uh, when they delete 10 million videos off the site, it's, you certainly feel like you're, you're on this high of we're winning. We are, but then, you know, you, you have moments where they're still on the internet. You go to pornhub.com. And even today I could find easily, uh, non-consensual rape, um, videos on that site that are clearly and blatantly, um, non-consensual. And so in those moments, you just wonder how are they still at Like, how are the executives still at large? We had exactly. Oh yeah. 70 members of parliament from eight parties in Canada sent a letter demanding that they go under criminal investigation in Canada. I mean, why are they not in jail yet? Um, I don't know, but I, we can't stop because we have to just keep going and keep pressing. No. Um, yeah. The war is not Can't over. Give up. Not Battle's yet. looking good. War is not over. Um, and yeah. I just want people to, you know, any listeners here in case, you know, you're like, wait, really? You could see actual rape? Um, just take it from someone who has seen a lot of things. You, you don't want to be going on Pornhub and trying to see this for yourself. Just trust me. There are certain things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. The memory doesn't go away. So I'm just, you know, especially for some of my younger listeners, 
Use your imagination. That's good enough. Please do not give any more power to sites like Pornhub because they get power from someone logging on. They get power from the search engines and what are people searching for and you viewing that video. So this is just a warning to anyone listening. Please don't do, yeah. do that. You, you absolutely. You don't, I, you don't want I agree that. with you about, tra I mean, traffic it's, they're a traffic based yeah. model. And it's interesting because we're talking about trafficking, but they are, their sole obsession is traffic to their site because when they drive traffic to the site, when they get views and clicks, that's how they sell their advertising. That's how they make all their money. Um, and so right. as consumers, we need to be careful about what we're lending our, you know, clicks and views to, uh, because exactly. without that, they, they don't have a business without, without right. traffic. So very important from a consumer perspective. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I also want the audience to, you know, cause they're like, wait, well, I can hear it. Like, what if, well, how, cause how is Visa and MasterCard? Like, how are they part of this? Keep in mind, they, when Nick Kristoff's article came out, they pulled away. They took away all the power of their companies and said, oh yeah, we want nothing to do that. Nothing to do with this. And then after a couple of weeks, after the noise died down, sneakily came back. back. And that is why they, that's why it's like, Hey, you knew exactly what you were doing. This is not some accident of surprise. I didn't know that this was happening on Pornhub. You knew exactly what you were doing. Um, so, okay. So now just, um, what is it like taking on, like you mentioned that you've talked to the CEO, the, lots of these executives at Visa and MasterCard. What do they say? When you say, Hey, do you know what it is that you're doing? What do they say? What's, what's the reasoning? What's their justification? You know, it, it's interesting. Um, it's has been, you know, there's been different kinds of communications, but I'll just say the theme <laughs> over the last two years until they get slammed in the media. Right. And then you kind of hear something yep. different. Um, yeah. but behind the scenes, when you're just kind of in these normal conversations, um, about what's going on on the site evidence, why are you doing this? You have to stop You're you're enabling blah, blah, blah. They say, kind of the, the party line is we care so much about this issue. We take illegal content on the internet very seriously. Um, we're, we've, we're looking into it, those kinds of things. Um, at ultimately it's not our job. Ultimately we are not the best ones to be uh, focused on to, to stop this when it's absolutely completely a hundred percent untrue because this is an online business. So trafficking children on the internet um, you know, there's no reason to do that unless you're making money for traffickers, because this is right. a transactional crime. This is about making yep. money. And when you have an online business where you're selling videos and monetizing videos of exploitation like this without Visa and MasterCard and Discover, you really don't have an online business. You have cryptocurrency and maybe some bank wires, but the majority of that is done through the major credit card companies. So they have more power over these companies than the government. They care more about getting cut off from their, you know, banking and uh, from the credit card companies than they do about going to jail uh, because there's laws against what they're doing. They've been on the books for many, many years, yet they persist in doing them. However, when a company like Visa or MasterCard comes along and just even says, I'm investigating, you should just see how they react so quickly. They do drastic things that they would never otherwise do. And so it's just obvious that these companies have the most power because they control 
the bank account, basically. They control the finances, and this is a financially driven crime, and that's the important part to know. I'm not sure why, thank you. I'm not sure why there's not a congressional investigation into MindGeek. Like, I, I know how long it took. It took forever to take Backpage.com down until finally Liz McDougal, their lawyer, screwed up in a Senate investigation. But it took that long for them to come in front of Congress. And, they, and meanwhile, they escaped all these lawsuits. And I know there's been tons of lawsuits on Pornhub. Yeah. How is there no... I, I don't understand why there's no either within our country, we've got U.S. Congress, we've got the United Nations, we've got the Hague, we've got, you know, different pillars of justice along around the planet. I don't understand why there's not a massive investigation so you can take this down and just shut it down. I, I don't 100%. get it. You know, you should go to pornhub.com and there should be this seal there. Like there is a back page where it says seized by yes. the department of justice. Um, my hope is that, you know, government investigations are things that are done quietly. Um, that there is something going on here that they are not just, you know, turning a blind eye to, to this very high profile exploitation. You know, when you think about it, it's like, if you let the high profile exploitation go, imagine what you're doing to the not high profile exploitation. Um, and so when there's all this attention and media and pressure and lawsuits and all of that and evidence, um, and whistleblowers who are coming forward, all of that. Um, and so my hope is that there is, I hope that what we see is an announcement and, you know, anytime soon, some indictment that's, that's going to come down because there is no question. I mean, the spectrum of illegal activity and the crimes that have taken place, um, you know, they run all the way from the fact that MindGeek was hiding the child rape on its site for a decade where they, there's mandatory reporting laws in Canada Mm. and the United States, where if you're aware as a company that there's child exploitation on your website, you're, you are required by law to be reporting that they were actually covering it up hiding it. The, the, the actual, the CEO of the national center for missing and exploited children went on the stand and Canadian parliament and said, we have not received one report from MindGeek Mm -hmm. for the last 10 years until after the New York times article came out and they were exposed that in of, in of itself is illegal to do. So there's that, there's the actual hosting of child pornography. It is actually illegal for a a victim to possess their own video of rape, for example, like a victim themselves, it's, it's illegal right. for them to hold on to that. Yet MindGeek servers are likely the largest non-regulatory repository of child sexual exploitation videos in North America. That's illegal to possess. It's illegal to distribute, to advertise, right. to monetize. I mean, all of that. So, it's, so it's many crimes pornography. <laughs> it's a felony. It's so black and white. Possessing any kind of child pornography is a felony, period. Thank you, Barack Obama, right? So how is it that MindGeek servers, as you so put it, that has all of this stuff has not been seized? It's that And they've actually publicly admitted that they Hmm. uh, still have, so even if they take a video offline, they have publicly admitted that they store that library of videos forever. They've said in response to victims who've come forward that they try to gaslight those victims. They've said, um, 
well, we've gone, you know, this could have happened years ago. They say, well, we've gone through our library of videos and titles and all of that. And we can't find the video that you're talking about. Well, they just admitted that they store an enormous cache of child sexual abuse material, which is a federal felony crime in each instance. So they've actually done, I mean, they've done stuff like that. They've actually said other things like we have an extensive team of human moderators that is viewing every single video before it's uploaded. And if that's true, wow. which it's not, because I've, I've talked to those yep. moderators, they've come to me and I've spoken to them. But if that mm. actually was true, that means that they viewed a video because they've admitted publicly there's been rape victims that are so unconscious that the assailant and you know trigger warning the assailant is actually lifting their eyelids and touching their eyeballs to show oh. that they are so unconscious that they have no idea what's going on they 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 look lifeless as they're being assaulted so they're saying that their moderators actually viewed those videos and then said oh that looks good let's approve that one. Not only that, let's go ahead and monetize it with ads. Let's put a download button on that as well. Right. So that anybody can, and so they're admitting complicity to an extreme level when they say those public statements, which they have said. Um, but it, yeah, they, they've made those kinds of public admissions. You've also, you worked with lawmakers to help develop and propose the sex trafficking demand reduction act. Can you tell our audience who doesn't necessarily know what that means, what that entails? And, sure. um, and, and also any other work that you've done, you know, legislatively, cause that's a huge other, one yeah, of the other ways that you can always tackle this issue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, one way is to hold perpetrators accountable, right. To hold their feet to the fire, to make a public example, to say that we don't stand for this, to end impunity. Really. It's all about impunity. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason why traffickers are trafficking is because they are, they feel like they're immune to prosecution. They feel like they're immune to accountability and it's a risk benefit analysis for them. And as soon as the risk outweighs the benefit, it will stop. And so ending impunity is so important in the fight against sex trafficking and, and, and all kinds of exploitation. But we also need to prevent this from happening in the future, right? So we have to yeah. enact laws. So not only um, governmental laws, but we need corporate policy. So governmental policy and corporate policy. Governmental policy for this issue, I say the most important thing we can do is adopt a law that requires upon risk of shutdown of these sites that they have mandatory third-party reliable age and consent verification for every single person in every single video that's uploaded to a user-generated pornography site. And when people hear that, they're like, that's obvious. I mean, that's yeah. common sense. How is that not already happening? Um, but we need that kind of legislation. And so there are mm -hmm. lawmakers that are looking into doing that. Some have introduced laws and they need to be reintroduced. Um, but then corporations like Visa, MasterCard, Google, PayPal, they need to have policies too. And those policies have to say, we won't do business with user-generated right. pornography sites that are not verifying reliably the age and consent of every person, every video. And if we had those two things happening simultaneously, I think we would really see a dramatic reduction in the number of victims that are being 
exploited on those sites. So that's kind of the legislation that I'm working on right now. As far as the Demand Reduction Act, um, that, you know, I was very passionate about uh, that legislation uh, for many years. Um, it's been a few years since I've been working on that specific bill, but the essence of it is that we need to reduce demand because demand obviously is what drives the supply. And this is an economic calculation. Um, and so without demand, we don't have supply. And that's really important when it comes to trafficking. You know, um, you mentioned Nick Mac. So for our audience, um, Nick Mac stands for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And um, John Ryan, by the way, the former CEO, is on my board of directors for Cyber Free awesome. World. Uh, he's awesome. a dear friend. He's wonderful. But um, so our audience understands. So when some of these children that, you know, you see these missing child posters or you see it on, you follow them on Instagram, um, there's an entire floor of the National Center um, that's dedicated and it has different FBI agents and different literally agencies working in there. And all they do is watch child porn to find the victims that are missing and then freeze frame and try to see where that video was being basically done and recorded. Yeah. What hotel room? Is there a tree outside the window? Mm. Is there a recognizable landmark so that mm. those children can be rescued? Um, and, and found where they are and they switch out the agents every three weeks so that no agent is just, you know, completely mm. destroyed mm -hmm. by having to see that. But that one of the places that they search to look for these videos and look for these missing kids is Pornhub. And we're literally talking, I, I just want everyone to understand if the antichrist were in a corporate form, it would be mind geek. As far as I'm concerned, this is. Crimes that, that I, I'm not sure that you could, anyone could stomach. So I just want to sort of lay it out in like bare bones. Mm -hmm. It's a company that's going high. You can rape a child, rape a woman, and we'll host the video for you. And not only that, but we'll let you do it. You don't have to tell anyone who you are and we'll protect you. And we'll make money from it a lot exactly. of money. That's how disgusting they are. And so I just want, it, it, it takes a lot to sort of confront the evilness of that and what these guys are doing. So dude, my hands off to you, Lila, for doing this. And for mm -hmm. everyone listening, follow her on Twitter. You can get updates there. You can go to her website. I think it's lilamicklewaite.com if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, either way, we'll put, a, we'll put a tag there. Mm -hmm. What else can people do to join this yeah. fight to support you? How can they help? Sure. I mean, you can go to justicedefensefund.org as well. Sign up to get our updates. Again, follow me on Twitter. I'm updating all the time about the fight against these big porn sites that are exploiting victims for profit criminally. Um, you can also sign the petition. So we have that petition open. I plan to keep it open until we accomplish the goal of the petition. Please. And you can go to traffickinghubpetition.com and you can join the other 2 million people in saying, you know, this is not acceptable and we need to shut this down. This has been an incredible conversation, Lila. Thank you for your tireless, tireless work. Um, everyone, we're going to put, um, we'll put links up so that they can follow you on all social media, justice, defense, all of it. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else that you want to say that we haven't 
talked about? I would just say thank you. Thank you for using your platform and thank you for um, the work that you're doing as well. It's so valuable. And if there's one thing that I've learned in the last couple of years is that taking on mega predators like MindGeek, like an industry like this that exploits children for profit. I mean, it takes not just one person (laughs) or one organization. It truly takes an entire movement. And I mean, people who are throwing down their skills, their Mm -hmm. journalists and politicians and law enforcement activists and victims and actresses and everybody coming together to hold a mega predator accountable. And so I'm just grateful for any time that people join in and and do that together. Same, Marin. I love that term mega predator. That is a great term. I'm going to to steal that. I love it. Um, Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for having me. It was an honor to, to do this. 